0: Hello and
1: welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk Podcast. I'm Tanya.
0: And I'm Carrie. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode number 87. Today we'll be discussing our new favorites for first grade and kindergarten. We'll also be discussing some ideas in our Know Better, Do Better segment. We'll share a work smarter, not harder teacher tip.
1: And in our Coda section, we'll give you some specific recommendations of our favorite things in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. And now it's time for us to discuss our highs and lows from the past couple of school weeks. We are on spring break officially like... This is Sunday before spring break, so that's that's a high. Yeah. But what about the past two weeks, Carrie? What's been going on? How's how are things?
0: Um, I mean generally good. I will say my high was the same as your high last time that I got my second vaccine. No. <laughs> so. And you were barely ill, so that was cool. Yeah, and I I really didn't. I mean, I had a slight fever, very achy. I did take the next day off school, which is not going to be related to my low. But um, anyways, (laughs) I'm, yay science. Yeah, just yay science. I'm very relieved and very thankful for that opportunity. So um, I had a good couple of weeks at school. It wasn't bad, but I'm going to go low about one thing specifically, and there's a moral to my story. so I, I use a lot of technology in my class. I just, I do. And it's- What? I know. I, know. <laughs> I always have, I always will. But this year, especially, you know, with students not being able to share things like manipulatives and not being mm-hmm. able to do as much on instruments and just not being able to do as much period, I find that technology activities, you know, are filling that gap. For no need to
1: justify it. I think everybody is there.
0: I know, I'm just, I'm putting the backstory into it. So (laughs) the assumption for my students is that they bring their Chromebooks every single day. And I don't necessarily have something on their Chromebooks every day, but they bring them every day because it's often that we're gonna be using the Chromebooks and it's much easier than me saying, today you need them, tomorrow you don't. You know, I just, they bring them every day. Well, the problem is um, my school started state testing this last week and I got a phone call just a couple minutes before the students were going to walk in the door from the classroom teacher saying, I'm so sorry, and she was very apologetic, that the students cannot bring their Chromebooks to music today, because we really need to keep them in the classroom charging, because we're going to need them for testing as soon as they get back from music, and so I had to adjust my plans on the fly. You mean you didn't
1: butt in and say, an emergency on your part? Does not constitute no. an emergency on
0: my part. No, because <laughs> digging my heels in the sand wasn't going to help the situation, and I I was mad. I was frustrated. I'm not going to lie. Um, but again, she was very apologetic that she didn't give me more notice. And, and I could I do. not going to get you. Anyway. Yeah, and what could I do in that point? So, okay, what we were going to do on tech, I'm going to swap out and do a little ORF thing, ORF instrument thing instead. So, and they were kind enough to, I was like, look, well, I'm going to need like five more minutes to get ready for class then because I had to pull out some ORF instruments and kind of get that ready. And this is where, you know, I'm thankful for the experience that I have. I'm thankful that I can change my plans on the fly like that. The more frustrating part, though, was then the next day was the day I was going to be out for my, you know, recuperation day because I was going to be getting my shot that afternoon and I've been told, go ahead and get a sub. So I did. I treated myself to a sub. Well, guess what? All of my plans revolved around students, at least third, fourth and fifth grade, bringing their technology, which they no longer could do. So that meant I had to write new sub plans as well. And that was the part that really got me mad just because of the fact that we all know how long it takes to write sub plans and i was so excited because i was going to use one of alien miracle's wonderful choice boards i bought her spring choice board set off tpt and i was so excited to use it and that was going to be their sub stuff and poof no more so here's the moral of the story yes it's really good that we're relying on tech and i think it's okay to rely on tech but we also have to remember what do you do when the power goes out what do you do in these types of situations and this was a good humble reminder for me that i can't be so reliant on the tech now like i said take that as you will i'm gonna keep using tech it's not like i'm gonna stop using it because this this was just one little hiccup but I just realized, especially for things like subplans, how much I have been relying on students bringing their Chromebooks, and I just need to maybe go a little bit more back to basics or maybe a little bit more of a mixture of tech and non-tech activities. So that's all. That's my story of Woe, and I'm going <laughs> to remember that tech is great, but non-tech is also great as well. Well,
1: yes, and you're. it's great that you are able to be flexible and change it up and Um, I know how annoyed you were because you called me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, again, I mean, I'm not trying to just like rag on the classroom teachers because I also know how stressful state testing is and things throw them for loops and I get that. So it wasn't just all about that. Um, It was just more the situation that I was a frustrated about um and having to stay late after school to finish to write new sub plans which not gonna lie they weren't the best sub plans because i was in a hurry because yeah. i had to leave and go get my shot so, but so having that- those
1: emergency sub plans is so beneficial and i'm gonna put a plug in here for old technology okay <laughs> because i i don't know i was tempted at at one time um in the past few years to just get rid of like um my uh, CD player and I have a little uh, boom box thing that I used to use as a listening station where kids would plug in their headphones and there's room for like six plugins, right? And I'm like, everybody's got got a Chromebook. I can just, you know, give them the YouTube link so they can listen and and that's all fine and good. However, sometimes it's really helpful to have the low tech stuff. Yeah. So like I have a, a a student who he really needed time just listening to music and not through a Chromebook. Like he needed, and I have CDs still, I have albums still, but that's a different story. Um, so it, it's great to have the low tech stuff, or, you know, if you have um, color, the rhythm pages, if you have um, rhythm glyphs where they color one shade if it's like you know forte and a different shade if it's piano and that kind of thing those kinds of things um and then the lower tech stuff and the old-fashioned clunky headphones that (laughs) yes of course you must wipe down and all of that sometimes it it pays to keep that stuff in the room
0: oh yeah because you never know when you you gotta grab (laughs) it yeah exactly so that was my low how about you tanya
1: I was just going to do a a short and sweet hi because this happens a little bit from time to time. And I just always need to remember it and write it down um, when it does happen. I was doing my crossing guard duty in the morning at my home school and a parent was driving through the parking lot, rolled down her window and names have been changed. um, And she said, oh, um. Teddy loves your class. He sings your songs all the time. And he just thinks it's awesome when he has music class weeks and, and I just needed to tell you.
0: Oh, no,
1: it's, it's important to remember those moments.
0: Yeah. No. Uh, can I piggyback on that and add a high then? I'm going to end with a high because I had okay, the same fine. kind of thing. The art, uh, the art teacher at my school has a kindergartner who's in my class. And so I'll get texts from her every once in a while saying, you know, what song her daughter was singing at home and – uh she there was a song she said she's been singing I said well did she remember all the words because it's one of like the longer song tale kind of songs and she said yeah and then her her quote was that her daughter said was Miss Nicholas always just comes up with some new music every week like I'm the one writing all these things you know I'm like oh that's sweet but I didn't write Aww. this song but yeah she comes up with the best stuff that's what she said so makes but that's me, true makes me very happy so yes, yes. good reminder yes So now it is time for our main theme and we are wrapping up our new favorites series where we've been talking about new favorites and renewed favorites or how we've modified old favorites um, for each grade. And today we're going to combine kindergarten and first just because there is so much overlap, especially I will say for me this year, there's been so much overlap and we just felt like that would be a good combo. So we're doing it. We're going to talk about kindergarten and first grade and Tanya is going to go first. So... What's happening in all things Kinder and First, Tanya?
1: Oh, so many things are happening. Um, Yeah, so uh, in Kindergarten and First, like you mentioned, I am repurposing some songs and chants and bringing them into kindergarten and first grade. Um, But what we're mostly working on in kindergarten is differentiating between steady beat and what we are right now calling the way the words go. And later we will call that rhythm. Um, and I kind of spend quite a, a good amount of time calling it the way the words go as something for them to really latch onto. And I understand, of course, that rhythm is not always connected to words. That will come later, right? right. We'll discuss that later. But for right now, just to get them to ha- to internalize um, the difference and be able to pat or tap um, the way the words go, or the steady beat, um, is that that takes some time to lay that groundwork. So we spend a lot of time with steady beat, and um, with, with the way the words go, I think it's really helpful to do chants, and then when when that leads into your quarter note and eighth note rhythms, Ta and TT, um, I still think it's super helpful to focus reading rhythm initially with chants and not with songs, because the melody adds that extra component that can be confusing, not for all, but it's just so much to strip away the melody and just talk about how, you know, engine, engine, number nine is short, 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 short long, right? Mm-hmm. And to bring their attention to that um, without worrying about our voice going uh, higher or lower, right? Right, yeah Because we've been working on these comparatives um, all year long, And this is where that should pay off. And yet you don't want to combine things too much. I noticed the other day that I still have a couple of um, littles who are still referring to high and low as loud and soft or switch that there's when, when they want to say it's louder, they'll say it's higher. Right? Right, right. So there's still that vocabulary thing that's going on that Are they're you
0: kidding. I have older students. I have third <laughs> and fourth graders who will still say that sometimes. I'm like, do you mean, cause you turn the I mean, I just always remind them. It's because you're you're referring to the dial on the thing. Do you actually mean higher? And then I say higher, and they're like, "Oh, no, no, no." So yeah, it's a common thing. Oh, I
1: mean, we have adults, you know, and and I, of course, go through that whole thing. Like you were just saying, it's like turn the news louder, not turn the news higher. You know, what's the difference and all that. Um. So so yeah, so we've got a lot of chants going on. Uh, What have I just mentioned? Uh, engine, engine, number nine. There's a, lots of variations on that. Uh, I use the one that I that is uh, um, from one of the Fire Robin collections that goes, Engine, engine, number nine, going down Chicago line. If the train should jump the track, do I get my money back? Yes, no, maybe so. You know what? Now I'm thinking, I think that one is in a collection as well. But when I think Fire Robin, actually, I think of the see it sparkle, see it shine variant you know
0: there are just so many engine there's just variants, so many It's hard to keep it straight i know that i use the one that you said first and i got it in my level one collection from joe kirk so i don't know
1: yeah and i remember specifically jerry jacquard from byu doing the if the train should jump the track do i get my money back yes no maybe so which gives you an extra it's awkward because it gives you that extra line right. extra four beats um but but i like it and, sure. and, you know, there's lots of things that you can do. And it's that ever famous, ever useful ta-ta, ti-ti-ta again in your face. Um, <laughs> so that's the one. I, I mean, there's no, I'm not, it's not a hill I'm going to die on, yeah. but that's the one I like to use. Um, I understand the see it sparkle, see it shine. Whatever, that's fine. Uh, We do some two, four, six, eight. And I've heard melodic variants of two, four, six, eight. Meet me at the garden gate. But I use the chant two, four, six, eight. Meet me at the garden gate. If I'm late, please wait. Two, four, six, eight. And here's where I make my little joke about how I've heard this a couple different ways. Um, I learned it initially as if I'm late, please wait. Two, four, six, eight. and then at a Kodai workshop and I really can't put my finger on who it was I would have to like dig and dig through notes but I heard if I'm late don't wait that's how I've learned it well I just I kind of I think it's a little bit hilarious and I don't know maybe no one will appreciate my little joke but to me it's kind of like the difference between the ORF people and the Kodai people (laughs) Or if people are like, hey, you know what? If I'm late, just please wait. Like, let's be considerate. And the good eye people is like, you know, what? if you cannot get it together, if I cannot get it together, don't just give up me. on me. Yep. You keep going.
0: Leave <laughs> me behind. Yeah. yeah. I know it is don't wait. That's funny. Because when you said please wait, I almost stopped you and went, is that a mistake? That's so funny.
1: Somebody changed it along the way. Maybe it was the nice orf people or maybe it was the – uh Let's get going, Kodai people. I don't know. But uh, yeah, now you gotta check all those those sources. Yeah, I'm pulling I out a book
0: right now while you're talking. Keep keep going.
1: If I'm late, don't wait to force. So, so yeah. Um also I like Queen, Queen Caroline. Washed her hair in turpentine, turpentine to make it shine. Queen, queen. Caroline, which is so very similar to two, four, six, eight, meet me. So this is why you got to bring in the engine engine because you, you start with those eighth notes. Right. Right.
0: Variants. Yep. Yep. Yeah.
1: So Variation. we're, yes. So we're doing a lot of playing the way the words go. Yeah. Um, and any good pedagogue will tell you, spend a lot of time on each one before you combine them. Right. right. So, uh, I've been seeing kids for two weeks straight, which one would think that would be 10 days, but because of snow days and all the things happening, it's been like seven or eight days. So I'm spending like the first three or four class times We're only doing the way the words go. We've been doing steady beat. Now we're only doing the way the words go. And it's not until the last few class periods with this particular group, you know, that I've been seeing that we get into, okay, now this half of the room has tambourines and they're playing the steady beat. And this half of the room has sticks they're going to be playing the way the words go for a two, four, six, or whatever it is, fill in the blank. Um, so, cause you know, it takes a while to be successful at that when someone is playing the other thing.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, part work, kindergarten, part work, that's kindergarten, that's part huge. work.
1: That's what it is. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing how far they come from kindergarten to first grade, because my first graders, they, I, I was really impressed at the beginning of when we were seeing them in person. Um, which really was August for us Mm -hmm. um, that I started doing part work like this, just to see where they were at. And um, they were doing great. They can do this. At first yeah.
0: grade, I was going to say developmentally, there are some years where my kindergartners just are really struggling with this and I don't, I don't dwell on it then I move on to other things and then I come back and, and work on it a lot more in first grade because then developmentally, they're just more ready for it and they're more successful it's like they're just if they're not ready for it don't you know kick yourself by saying why can't my kindergartners do this it's okay then you know hit it hard in first grade then
1: right and it'll happen when it happens yeah yeah. um and it also has been interesting this year I'm I've been thinking a lot about how maybe not singing and speaking maybe the internalizing is is um doing good things for their ability to uh internalize and understand the difference between beat and rhythm, because I know there's been a lot less of us singing and speaking, especially when we went remotely. I mean, I'm Zooming with kids. You want them to be, you know, singing, speaking, whatever, but you can't guarantee that. I mean, you can't guarantee that anyway, but um, I don't know. It's kind of like the phenomenon of when you have a, a student who is selectively mute. For a few years and then then they're not, and they're singing in tune, right? Right. So maybe they've been listening and internalizing, and somehow it's even though they haven't been working their mechanism with you, maybe, um, it's been that they are still able to reproduce because they've been maybe focused more on the the listening. And I'm sure there's maybe there's a research project, project, someone's thesis. I gotta go look up and and find out about that but yeah
0: somebody should do that
1: yeah somebody should do that not me right? I'm not doing that <laughs> but um but maybe I should spend some time like you know digging around seeing if someone has done that with internalizing through not speaking and 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 such all right so um kindergarten yeah that's a, that's a lot of my kindergarten world I think I oh I've been doing a lot of um ponies and springtime things they'll happen more when we come back from spring break um I I have down here like uh I still want to make sure that we've been doing steady beat and I always want to be sure about including six eight and three four steady beat feel also even though we are not calling attention to it it's a it's a feeling thing sure Right. So we've been doing see the pony galloping, galloping down the country lane. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then pairing that with the wild horse horseman, you know, Schumann's piano piece. Yep. Yep. Because that works so very well. And doing that gallop, 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 gallop. That feel is really important for them to get in their bodies. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's my th- my kindergarten world. Do you want me to talk first grade or should we bop back and forth? Um. I can talk first grade because yeah, you just said first the same. All right. Um, first grade, we're just uh, rest. We're, we're resting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sounds <Yeah>. nice.
1: <laughs> we are one beat piece of silencing, nice. a.k.a. quarter rest. Um, so we've been us- using the repertoire like Bow Wow Wow, Peace Porridge Hot. Um, I brought back Queen, Queen Caroline. I know there's no rest in there, but we need things to compare it to. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite beginning of the class, uh, things to do is just from the kitchen, shoo with a handful of biscuits, shoo be shoo loo that's shoo And you can find this in the Holy Name Song Collection. And there's an awesome recording of kids singing and playing this game. Yeah. I mean, an audio recording and they take it so fast. It's amazing. It's yeah. like really yeah. fascinating. Like, Sometimes I don't know, I have to look. I, I, when I first heard it, I thought this had to have been sped up like through the the, the tape, but I, I think it really is was recorded kids, that fast.
0: Kids natural tempos. yeah, fast, so fast, um,
1: fast. yeah, and there's no rest. there's no pedagogical reason for that. It's mostly I want to give them the opportunity to opportunity to move. And yes, I'm doing this in a circle we're we're spaced mm-hmm. um and what usually happens in this game the way that i do it is um we call someone's name it's a call and response i'm in charge of the call the kids are a response um in charge of the response by singing shooby but then we call someone's name it's supposed to be like hey mr charles shooby biloo, fly away over yonder shooby biloo. so i took out the mr um and I'm just saying, hey there, Charles, Shubiloo, fly away over yonder, Shubilu. Now, in the past, the way I've done this is the first couple times through the song, I'm in charge of singing the names, and then I hand it on over to the to the kids. It's not working this year because we haven't been singing as much, and they're not right. singing it. So I just make sure. And our classes are smaller, especially with kindergarten. I'm able to – oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking about first grade. But even with first grade, there's less kids there. Um, it's a zippy little piece. I'm able to get through all the first graders nice. and I'm in charge of singing their names. So we don't have to wait, wait around for anyone to think about anyone, anyone to come up with the next name. But, uh, my little thing is, uh, think about your favorite bird. How would that bird fly? And they fly around on the outside of the circle and return. It's, it's one of those, wow, this is a silly thing, but they love it.
0: Yeah, the and portraits that, haven't I'm been already moving. Thinking about great outside games to play as the weather gets warmer, and that's that would be a great outside game to play, to play too.
1: That would that would be a great yeah. outside game to play. Yep. Yeah. So it's been a lot of rest. Um, I'm using. I, I have used. P, please, baby, please, um, and I'm using again. That's. This year, I have a little "Please, baby, please, rest" matchup thing for them to do. Like, this is a book, right? Please, baby, this please. is a book, and I'm sorry I don't have the author.
0: We'll link to it, and we'll
1: link to it. But the refrain of "Please, baby, please" comes up over and over again. But sometimes it's like "Please, baby, baby, baby." So this is a really like awesome on this on seesaw as an assignment on their Chromebook as an assignment, like matching up. Oh, you know, does this rhythm ta, t, 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 t match, please, baby, please rust. Or does it match ta, uh, ta, t, 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 please, baby, 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 you know, that kind of thing.
0: Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, but I'm also using click, clack, moo, click, clack, moo, clickety, clack, moo. We are not. I was going to say you're
0: not reading the second. We are not tickety. Yeah. Nope. We're not tickety. Like a triplet tickety. Yeah.
1: So we just leave that. I want them to feel the piece of silence. Yeah. Yes. And here's where I get up on my soap soapbox. Are you ready?
0: Oh, I know know what what you're going to say. Yep. Go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Rest is a piece of silence, and that's what it is—a piece of silence. So we don't go shh on a rest because it
0: does not mean shh. It means. Or shout rest on a rest.
1: No, no, we don't shout rest, and we don't stomp, <laughs> and we don't grunt, and we don't... And and I'll tell you what, this is why this year I'm not doing Naughty Kitty Cat for two reasons, all right? <laughs> first of all, first of all, um, that whole... Uh, yeah, I know we can change the words, and I just haven't, because there's other reasons to, but um, the Naughty Kitty Cat, uh, you are very fat, that whole... Thing I'm, I'm having issues with because I know it came up last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could say "Natty Kitty Cat," why did you do that? And it would be a simple thing. But here's the thing: I always have to really work hard to encourage them to not make a sound on that rest in that song, right? Because they want to go naughty Kitty Cat" <clears throat> or whatever, right?
0: Oh, I thought you would say they would want to meow.
1: Well, no, I don't I don't let that cat out of the bag.
0: Oh, you're so <laughs> funny.
1: <laughs> I, I don't Jill Trinka that one. No, I don't. I don't let them know or hear about any. No, they don't come up with that. Interesting. Like they want to stomp their feet because we talk about like being angry. Oh, so they want to okay. go naughty kitty cat stomp you and we hmm. want to emphasize that it's a piece of silence. So this year I'm like, you know what? naughty kitty cat gets a year off. I just can't right now. That's okay. And that's okay because um, I'm using less songs to present specific concepts, yep. but it's fine because we're going deeper with that material and it's not been a thing. So I guess maybe that's like that left a hole for my click, clack, moo, click, clack, moo, clickety, clack, moo. Right. Yeah, um, And we're just isolating that piece of silence. It is a challenge in our repertoire to find songs or chants that don't have the rest at the end of a four beat pattern right this is true this is true um but anyway yes my big soapbox would be like we don't on the rest and it's so funny because there's all of these rhythm play along things that are out now that everybody's making them and some are good and some are not yeah and it takes a long time to like comb through those and and Mm -hmm. pick them i mean i have some like tried and true just from the last few months that I'm like, you know, ready, go music. I'm getting that wrong. Ready, music, go, ready, music, go, music, ready. Sounds it's a combination. Those
0: three words. <laughs> yes. It's a,
1: it's a combination, like always great stuff. She does yeah. great stuff. Um, and I can't, re- I really can't mention, cause it wouldn't be nice anyway, but then there's a, some out there who are Shh, on the rest and I'm out. Like I don't, yeah. 10 seconds in, if I hear Shh, on a rest, See, yeah, there's so many things. And I could actually make my own, but yeah, who's got time? Yeah. Everybody else. But I, I don't I don't.
0: <laughs> Other people, and that's lovely, and we benefit Good for from them. it.
1: Maybe one day, yes. <laughs> um, so let's see. So first grade, yes. Uh, it was also St. Patrick's Day. So um I love Ratlin Bug and I run it into the ground with nearly everybody, but first grades like my limit, and they barely sing it anyway but it's fun to bring it in. Yeah. Um, and since I have been doing a lot of like, I'm trying to, now that we can sing a little bit more, I'm trying to work on some more sing along things. So we've been doing Aiken drum and I have a nice little smart board, big moon thing where they can, and we have pictures on the edge where they can drag in like what were his eyes made out of? Oh, look, here's a pepperoni pizza. And we drag, Pepperoni pizza's his eyes and his eyes were made of pepperoni pizza, pepperoni pizza, pepperoni pizza, whatever. Um, so I've been trying to do some more intentional. These are songs that we just love to sing because they love to sing with the guitar accompaniment. They just love it. They do. And so we're doing that. Um, oh yeah. I wanted to mention the book uh, drum dream girl, which is just a fantastic book. Um, and is drum dream girl. How one, girls courage changed music by margarita engel um hey it's spike jones and tanya lee jones who did uh please baby please sorry i know that off the top of my head yes i know that because it's spike lee and his wife who has my name but spelled differently so yeah i know this right Right, right. Anyway, um, but Drum Dream Girl is just a wonderful story. And it is about a specific female percussionist. And if you go online, and I'm sorry, now that's the name I don't have off the tip that I didn't write down. Um, If you go online, you can find a recording of her band that she was in. So, yeah. And we tied that in with um, like third grade with Women's History Month because I've been doing Musician of the Day. Um, I do Musician of the Day a little bit with first and K kindergarten, but not, I don't like, it's not every single day we do it. I will weave it in if it makes sense.
0: Right. Yeah. I'm so kind of similar. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's a lot of things. That's what's happening. And please keep in mind, we're talking a two week block. This is not like, and that was one class period by any means.
0: <laughs> right. Right.
1: No, no, well, that's this even is like, a lot
0: for two weeks, but that's this great. is
1: over two weeks, and okay. I'm kind of in. And I know we've talked, had this c- conversation. I'm kind of liking this new model of one concept over two weeks, yeah. you know? Yeah, uh, it's I'm getting over my guilt of um, gotta be one melodic and one rhythmic. We we gotta just with this format and with my shortened class period times this year, and this is working so. You know. I'm going to see, I'm interested to see how next year flows. That yeah, I, might I mean, stick it depends with
0: this. on rotations, right? It if you does. see your kids in a full one week rotation or three day rotation or like every day, you know. ABC, ABC rotation, which is what I've always taught. Um, yeah. So, too. yeah, I was having the same thought. Once I know what my rotation is, that's going to definitely guide my some deep definitely. thoughts about how I want to. Yeah. Because if
1: I'm going to go away and not see kids for four or five weeks, because that'll be five weeks because of spring break this next time, right? Then I want to like delve deep into one thing and have exactly. them really latch onto it and remember it.
0: Yep. Totally.
1: Yep. Okay. And how about you? Okay.
0: Um. Well, obviously, so many of the same, similar, you know, things, because you know, we're both those high inspired people. But um, so I will say uh, kindergarten and first grade, I did a lot of overlap, especially in the beginning of the year, like using practically the exact same lesson plan because, you know, first grade and beginning of first grade and so much of kindergarten is all about those comparatives. So fast and slow, loud and soft, going up, going down, and then high and low are the ones that really I did a lot of overlap with before I branched off um, to different things then for each grade. Um, Not necessarily in that order, but those are the comparatives that I, I hit hard in the beginning, I want to shout out Down to the Baker Shop, which uh, is a song uh, that um I just kind of, it wasn't in my classroom very often, but this year I brought it in specifically to replace Jim Long Josie, which we now know is a has a very specifically racist and harmful background, um, but I always used it for just like a move around the room kind of song. Well, no more. So Down to the Baker Shop has officially taken the place of Jim Long Josie in that way however it wasn't move around the room it was move on your dot but um great movement song for practicing different comparatives so think of something that's fast and they can sing run to the baker shop run 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 and they can run on their spot or let's do something soft tiptoe to the baker shop tippy tippy toe or if you want to get really fancy you can say all right let's think of something that is fast and soft so then they have to come up with those combination things right yeah so um just really great for those comparatives and also really establishing that movement vocabulary early on in the year. Again, normally it would be moving through open space, but it's been a lot of move on your dot, but it's still getting up and it's still moving, which is good. Now, then kindergarten, I really went in a different direction than first grade then, um, and I focused a lot on, ironically, the melodic stuff with them, um, partially because I have a small kindergarten class that I was able to do a lot with ORF instruments and get them on ORF instruments quickly, which is something I don't always do with kindergarten. And um, one way that I did that was with nursery rhymes, and this is something I remember watching David Rao do um, one of his Monday night... Facebook Live things about is using nursery rhymes to talk about music that goes up and music that goes down and using the ORF instruments in that way and holding the ORF instruments vertically first so that you've got your longer bar at the bottom and your shorter bar at the top. And this is something I've done in the past, but just really tying it in. So we did a lot with Hickory Dickory Duck. The mouse ran up the clock and then I would demonstrate for them how to play different patterns going up and down. And um, I'll try to find David's video for this and link directly to it because I'm not gonna steal his thunder, but it's just really great the way he went through the whole process. Because for me, um, introducing ORF instruments to young students has always been a little daunting. And so the way that he goes through the process was really reassuring for me and it went really, really well for my students. We did a lot of turn taking where students would come up. And so what I would do is, This year is I would give every student one mallet and they would have their mallet in their place ready to go in their spot and they would pantomime playing up and down while one student would come up and play up and down and then we'd rotate and rotate and rotate. So all the students are doing the motion with their mallet Then we're not worrying about sharing mallets because everybody every kid has their own mallet and it's keeping them busy. So anyways, that's how we did it a lot in the beginning. And then I moved on to having, ooh, now we have four instruments. And by this point now we've learned how to identify the bars going higher and lower horizontally. So now they're on the floor and we have four students at a time and we rotate that way, moving up to all students having an ORF instrument in front of them if I had enough for that particular class. So anyways, Hickory Dickory Dock works well for this. Jack and Jill Went Up the Hill works really well for this. And then the book, I used uh, the book, fortunately, unfortunately with the guy with the little parachute
1: oh yes I use that for major minor
0: yeah so what I decided and I've seen that for major minor but I just used it for up and down so when good things happened we played a little pattern going up and when bad things happened, we played a little pattern going down oh and then
1: you could play like snakes and ladders
0: oh yeah shoots and ladders it's the same
1: yeah <laughs> it used to be called snakes and ladders and then it was called it. shoots and ladders and yeah yeah
0: So anyways, just really great, just things to just, one thing that I didn't always do enough of, and this is, you know, you talked about the importance of doing enough beat versus the way the words go. I also feel very strongly about doing enough going up and going down and scale songs, but even bigger than scale songs, just really big, like vocal exploration things going up and down before going into specifically high and specifically low.
1: It's Um, the, the Olympic principle, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you always want to be doing above and beyond yep. what really you want to stick.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I used to go to high, specifically high, specifically low, much faster. And I'm finding that now that I'm doing more up and down, my students are much more successful. So Yes, anyways.
1: I would love to have a classroom set of those stair stepper bells. You yes. Know, the red and white ones.
0: Yes, yeah. I use those a lot. And then the nice thing with those is then – After we've learned how to go up and down, now I can take off all of the bars in between, and we start with the octave, with the very Uh highest and the very lowest. We do a lot of work with high and low, doing octave things. Then we reduce it to the fifth after, you know a few lessons and in normal times, it would be a couple weeks, but this year it's been more like a couple of days. And then now just this part of the last part of the year that I'm gonna be seeing my students, we're gonna be focusing on high low of the third. And then that obviously sets us up next year for focusing on so and me. Um, yeah. One other specific song I want to give a shout out to you mentioned doing springy things so I've been doing springy things as well with kindergarten and specifically rain things so rain rain go away and then also we've been playing que Ueva, which is um, my source for que Ueva is in the sail away book but you can find again the variants might change a little bit and it's a, a Mexican singing game. I'll just sing it one time through if that's okay. I'm, I'm going to do my best Please. with my Spanish. Can you wave? Can you wave? La ranas <laughs> la cueva. Los pajaritos cantan la luna se avan tan si, que no, que cas that's the part I always have a hard time at but at the end I have to practice that like three times before the students come in um and the loose translation is let it rain let it rain the frog is in the cave the little birds sing the moon is rising and then when we get to the KCK no part it's yes no and then the last phrase is let a downpour fall and the game for it is so sweet because it's like a London Bridge type game but this year we have been using a hula hoop uh-huh. so I have one student help me and we hold the hula hoop up. And this is the the first time I've had my students, my kindergarteners experience walking in a circle. So that's been really eye-opening. It's like, oh my. Oh my. Yes. You don't know how to walk in a circle. So I have sit spots in my room. That designate like a grid for them to sit, and I just tell them to walk around the outside sit spots, so they're technically walking in a rectangle. But um, they cut off the corners and they get closer to each other. But, so yeah, have they to
1: gather pa- up. <laughs> yeah, I'm like
0: we have to pause and spread back out. This is so, anyways, so new this back.
1: year because I'm like, if we were holding hands, this would just naturally work itself out, but we're I not.
0: Know. I know. So they're walking around and they're walking under. I call it the cave, the hula hoop. They're walking mm-hmm. under it. They're walking under it and on the KC you bring it down and you trap a kid. But then the cute part is then you say, no" and you open it up, and they're now free. So it's like a little gotcha. Haha, never mind, keep going. And then the end, chaparon," you bring it down, and that's the student that you've trapped. And then again, Ooh. maybe in a normal year, you might then expand it, have that student join the bridge and make the bridge bigger, bigger, bigger. Um, but in this case, I just have that student swap out. So now the student who was helping me hold the hula hoop and now gets to go around, and the new student's now helping me hold the hula hoop. I
1: love the fake out bring it down yeah. yeah
0: it's it's that little like and they think that part is so funny because we'll trap somebody and i'll pause casey and then everyone giggles and i say okay no like never mind you can go and they all giggle 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 and it's just the sweetest thing so Yay. just a really sweet circle game i'll be sure to put the notation to that in our show notes so everybody has I'm it not- nice yes so, first grade, then um, again, we started the year very similarly, doing a lot with the comparatives and those things, obviously, steady beat. Like what you were talking about, and then moving into the difference between beat and rhythm. I did get to ta and titi. I have done rest with my students, and I actually did get to sew and me with my students. And that's Ooh. that's as far as we're gonna get. We're gonna we're gonna sew and me till the cows come home. We're not gonna law this year, which is fine, because there are actually many years that I do not introduce law to my first graders, anyways, just because we run out of time.
1: Oh, um, it's not happening in my world. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm gonna because I literally have two more weeks after this next round of two weeks, I'll have two more weeks with everybody and we're going to sew me and, you know, review to death. And I'm not even going to like in normal years, you're right. Law is like, maybe I can slip it in. And then, of course, we got to do it all over again in second grade. So, right. nope, I've already made the decision. Yeah. We're not we're, – we we'll might sing it in passing, but we are not focusing on law. We're going to so-me, sew so-me, so-me.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so far I have presented so-me, but just, you know, in big icons and, like, a two-line staff. Um, in my last rotation with everybody before the break, I will introduce the five-line staff and we'll do a lot of things playing playing and singing so-me using um, – barred instruments and then um i might stick in the boomwhackers even though i know it's in the key of c if you're doing so and me but it's g and e so at least they're not singing that low yeah get yourself
1: some accidental boomwhackers those are easy
0: well that's true we could but i don't know that i have enough for everybody so i just they just love boomwhackers they just like to smack them so I'm just gonna let them smack them and that's fine um, so one song I want to give a shout out to um, this is another Spanish language well chant excuse me I just want to mention bate bate I know we've mentioned it before um, one thing that I will say is just know which version because there are technically different versions of bate bate the version that I know speaks of making a mole sauce so it's combining Chocolate with tomatoes and putting it over rice. And so this is very specifically talking about making a mole sauce, which is, you know, a Mexican dark yummy delicious sauce that you put Do you over see me not talking about this at all i'm not gonna i know it. now there are technically other versions out there and i've i've had this confirmed from dual language primary teachers that there are chants of bate bate that do speak about making hot chocolate so the point is just pick one and know which one it is
1: <laughs> but if you're talking about them. rice and tomatoes Probably you're not talking not about the hot chocolate because yeah. that
0: would be really, really gross. Right. That so anyways, gross. that's my first thing, but I just wanted to say that, um, I love bate bate when I'm doing ta and titi with with first grade. It's just such a great ta and titi chant. But what I love about it this year, especially was when I was doing ta and titi with my first graders this year was when we were in our period of remote learning between Thanksgiving break and winter break. And so it was so perfect to be like, all right, go get a pot and a spoon from your kitchen and we're going to play, you know, ta and titi rhythms. And I did a lot of different seesaw activities. I just did one where I gave them the notation for bate bate and they had to read you know the ta and titi rhythms and basically perform it for me and then there was another seesaw activity where they got to compose their own ta and titi rhythms and play it on their kitchen instruments so i was really big on kitchen instruments during bate bate time because it was perfect because they were home don't know how the parents felt about it but (laughs) (laughs) and one of my favorite i mean this will be one of my favorite zoom stories forever is um first graders saying, okay, go get your kitchen instrument. Here's mine, this is what mine looks like, go get yours. And I had a kid come back with like a huge, like, stock pot, soup pot that was like probably almost as tall as him, if you had them standing side by side on the floor, and he was holding up this giant pot in the screen, and I was like, oh my gosh, your parents are going to kill me. But anyways, it was very sweet, because then he just, and this is the lovely thing about the Zoom, right? Because they're muted, I don't really know what it sounds like, but they they were banging away on those (laughs) pots. I love it. Bate Bate, just really great chant for Ta and Titi. Totally.
1: And now it is time for our "No better, do better segment and Carrie. Oh my goodness. There's so much to talk about always, but yes, go ahead.
0: Yeah. So I want to uh, raise up Alice Soy, who is a music educator, activist, and a frequent um, contributor for Decolonizing the Music Room. Um, she has written, we well, we've talked about her work when we talked about the, the chopsticks conversation um, at the beginning of this year, and she wrote a really amazing blog post, I suppose it is, or piece about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Alice was a part of a a rally in, I believe it was New York, where she gave a really amazing speech called We Are Golden. And this was obviously a direct um, response to the shootings in Atlanta, but then also just the rise of violence against um, AAPI, Asian American Pacific Islander folks here in the United States. And um, it was just an amazing speech. And so I just want to raise her up, just not only as a music educator, but just an amazing impassioned speaker. Um, just we're going to I'm going to link to it in our show notes. And I just encourage everyone to listen to her speech because I, I couldn't obviously say it, anything better than what she says in that speech. It's just absolutely amazing. Um, she gives some, some action items, which I always appreciate when I'm given action items, because it's like, of course, I, I, I want to empathize and I want to walk with people. But, you know, so many of us as educators, we're doers and we want to have some steps like, what can we do, right? Um, so I'm going to directly quote her first action item from her speech is to acknowledge and teach Asian American history, lives, and arts, including and beyond Lunar New Year. And this is where I'm saying I know I need to do better, that I do not do enough literature and enough awareness of um, Asian American Pacific Islanders Um, Music and history in my classroom. So, this is my commitment to say that I'm going to work on it. I don't have all of the solutions yet, but I'm going to work on it. Um, One thing that just to remind ourselves and acknowledge is that May is Asian Pacific Heritage Month. So, if you know, if not now, then you know, is a great time. But just like when we talked about Black History Month and Hispanic Heritage Month, it's not about that's the only time you bring musicians of color into your your classroom. But this is just a time to have that extra celebration, that extra bit of awareness about all the wonderful work being done by, in our case, musicians of Asian and Pacific heritage. So just wanted to just remind ourselves that this is what's going on. We know this is what's going on. And just like with Black Lives Matter, unfortunately, sometimes it takes often takes these tragic events before we are made aware of the changes that need to be made within our own circle. So I'm going to link to some some resources in the show notes as far as organizations that are doing some amazing work that, if you feel so moved, you could donate to. Um, Resources for Asian and Pacific Heritage Month so we can start preparing for that. But I'm saying my commitment after hearing Alice's speech is to do better when it comes to representing um, Asian and um, Pacific Islander heritage in my classroom.
1: Yes. Excellent. Yeah.
0: So now Tanya is going to share an amazing work smarter, not harder teacher tip, something to make our lives so much better and easier.
1: So amazing. Yeah. It'll change your life. (laughs) I'm being Yeah, right. So there's a Google extension called Full Screen Interactive Google Slides. And this is, um, it's great because within Google Slides, you can... Download this extension um, onto your um, extensions bar, and you know put it into your um, extensions list or whatever or toolbar. And when you click on it, it just makes it full screen, but you still have the menu at the top, and you can drag things around. And this is great in a classroom situation because i still use my smart board as a smart board i still have kids come up and touch and drag and draw things all the time i'll be very sad when i can't do that any longer and you carrie and i we've had this conversation many times it's awesome that we're making all of these extra tools to do what smart note notebook has done did years like ago
0: 10 years yeah i just I don't know. understand
1: but smart oh. notebook software is really glitching up my computer at school. I just, I don't, you know, and, it, and I, I get it. It's, it's, it's past time and it hasn't been updated and it's a subscription now, which makes it impossible to, to keep going with it. Um, so, yeah, I can still use my smart notebook stuff to a limited cap, cap, cap capacity, but every once in a while it, it, it makes things go really super slow and it shuts down on me. But when it shuts down, it's not like, hey, I'm quit and I'm not working anymore. It's like, hey, smart notebook's not working. You want to shut it down? And meanwhile, we're going to move your mouse super slow all <laughs> over the screen. So you can't do any. Like I have to shut down the entire computer. Oh, man. When it goes wonky on me. So anyway. That's smart notebook. We're not talking about that. We're talking about full screen, interactive Google slides, the extension. Yes. Great, use it. There you go. And now is our CODA section, where we talk about something we've been enjoying in or out, hopefully out of the classroom. Something fun? Something awesome? Carrie, what you got?
0: <laughs> I am I am basking in 90s nostalgia, Tanya. Um, oh, I'm going to be
1: doing that too. Cool.
0: Oh, because the Real World Reunion show is now out. And I stumbled upon it. I, I'm not sure how this happened, but somehow... Um, I, I have subscribed to this thing called Paramount Plus. I don't know if I did this or if my children did this. I don't know how this happened. But all of a sudden we have this thing called Paramount Plus, which is like yet another little streaming service with a monthly fee. I'm probably going to finish watching what I'm watching now and cancel it. But how did you uh, get this? I, I have no idea. It just like showed up on my phone. I don't know what I did. I I, I blame either me or, or my children. Um. But it's on my phone, and I guess we're paying for it. Um, but I got really excited because it's it's Real World Homecoming, New York. It's the original cast of the first New York Real World. I actually watched that whole thing it, when it happened. Real World. Well, yeah, me too. I mean, uh, okay, so I was I was younger, so <laughs> it was probably I a was, very different experience for me. I was in was, college. Yeah, you were probably. I mean, you were slightly closer to the age of the folks who were in the actual show where I was in high school so it was more like oh is this what grown-ups were like okay here's the thing I want to say though (laughs) that I kind of forgot about because again I was young and probably just didn't quite understand what was going on with the world quite yet I still don't let's be honest but you know the conversations that they had on that show about race and racism was really profound for the time that it was. And this is what they're kind of, and I'm only like three episodes in of the reunion show, but they're really coming back to those conversations, which is so interesting, right? To come back, to have things that you said, and this is what we probably have to be aware of as podcasters, to have things that you said be on tape. Um, How long ago was that? 30 plus years ago, you know, yeah. and then come back to it later with new information and then have the same conversation later it's really interesting and it's really eye-opening at first i just started watching it just like for the nostalgic bit like oh here's eric and julie i wonder if they're still gonna flirt with each other how cute is that but then it got real deep real fast and i remembered that really what was what was so powerful about that show um so slightly cheesy still of course but um if you were a fan of the real world back in the day or if you have no idea what the real world is because you're, you're younger than that and you're like what is this it still would be interesting to watch i think again just because the conversations that they're having now um as you know 50 year olds basically it was the
1: original reality show
0: yeah it was a very yeah i mean they were saying like they didn't even know what to call it back then they kept calling it a documentary because there was no such thing as a reality show um you know so. what I, I take
1: it back i'll tell you what the real okay i could be wrong the original reality show was this series called seven up and it was in um, London, and it was this. These it was a documentary series where they found these first grade kids um, in a London public school, and they followed them every seven years, and they oh. interviewed them every seven years.
0: Well, that's and interesting. it's it's
1: fascinating. And this was back in the seventies.
0: Okay, I've never. And heard they of followed
1: that. them all the way to adulthood, and then they play clips from when they were like seven years old. And yeah, so every seven years they check in and they're like, how's this going for you? How's it going? But they would just interview. They didn't put them together in a house or anything. Um,
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe that to me sounds more like a documentary then because it's just like little interviews spaced out over time. mm -hmm. To me, the reality show part has to deal with like that little bit of like the real life of yeah. i don't know whatever i'm not gonna debate that part of it but um real world reunion if you are weird like me and have subscribed to paramount plus i mean paramount plus seems to have lots of other things on it too like they have mtv stuff on there i think there's like cbs stuff yeah i heard
1: about this and i wanted to watch it and then i heard it was on paramount plus and i went ugh well, we it appears that I'm thing. subscribing
0: to Paramount Plus, which is fine, because I really did want to watch this. So um, I will decide after I watch this if I want to continue paying. My plug is not for Paramount Plus specifically. It's for the Real World Reunion. So there you go. Okay. Okay. That's Tanya, awesome. how about you?
1: I'm, I'm going to talk about TV also. Nice. So there's this little movie that um, dropped on Netflix. So it's 2021 called Moxie. Have you heard about this, Carrie? Because Amy Poehler, she well, she's in it. She's a mom. She's a cool mom. Um, oh, and... I saw a
0: preview for this. Yes, it looks yes. so good.
1: So I'm gonna I'm gonna just read directly from the description. Inspired by her mom's rebellious past and a confident new friend, a shy 16 year old publishes an anonymous zine calling out sexism at her school. Okay, so m- me and my husband, we being the age that we are. we were all about zines um i love riot girl bands um and that was awesome because like there's so much music in this movie from riot girl bands um and then we watched this with our daughter who is 11 and this was like "Eh, you know there there's there's some some sexual not out and out open door bedroom sexual bits but just talking about sex and and that kind of thing but this was so good um really good you should see it it
0: it looks really good um Tanya what's a zine
1: (sighs) what's a zine well Carrie
0: (laughs) I'm not just asking for me I'm asking for our listeners too
1: (laughs) Okay, people. Um, A zine, it's short for magazine, but it was an independent published thing, usually around a specific concept. Like, so um, I subscribed to a zine for a band I really liked back in the 80s. um, And it's put out by the fans of, so it's not, it doesn't go through a publisher. There's no ads in it. Right, right. And it's somebody really who just writes and or a or group of people who put together articles and artwork and they photocopy it themselves and they staple it like a little, you know, pamphlet and leave it, either leave it laying around for people to get, or if they're, they were lucky, they got a mailing list. And like, so I like paid, I don't know, like, um, $5.00 every two months or something for certain people. These uh, my zine that I subscribed to for the longest time came from England. Okay. Uh, Cause I was a big fan of this band called Japan and they were from England. Um, and so it was mailed to me and like, so it's just like um, a grassroots magazine focused on one thing, either a band or a movement or something. So, got so you got to go watch the movie and you will understand ah, all these I things.
0: All the nostalgia coming through in our codas today. Oh, yes.
1: We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Show notes can be found at musicteachercoffeetalkpodcast.com. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk.
0: If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. In our next episode, we'll be talking about how to prepare for a professional development presentation or workshop. So until next time, this is Carrie, And this is Tanya wishing you happy musicking.